Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Podcast Manager Show. You are in for a treat because today I'm going to be talking to Sarah Whitaker on her journey from teacher to virtual assistant to podcast manager to agency owner and course creator. This is a story that spans multiple years. So if you're curious on what it looks like to become a podcast manager and then do it for years and years, Sarah's story is going to be very impactful. A little bit about Sarah. She is a former classroom teacher who now runs Podcasting for Educators, which is a podcasting boutique agency. Sarah is also on my team as my director of customer success. So she helps me in supporting our students as they start and grow their podcast management businesses. In this episode, Sarah and I talk about how she landed her first client many years ago, what her business looked like in the early days, and what it looks like now. This one is so good, and I'm glad that you're here to listen in. All right, let's go chat with Sarah. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I always love talking to you. Yes. So you are here to share your success story as a podcast manager, but this is not your first time on the show. We counted and it's actually your fourth <laughs> time on this podcast. And then you've also done some interviews for our private podcast. Uh, but yeah, your fourth time on the show, but we have not talked about your story. So I'm really excited to dive into that today. I am super excited too. I'm always happy to come on. At this point, we should just like co-host a podcast together. <laughs> we we need another podcast for sure. I yes. you know that's you know that's a thing. Yes. Um and yes, my next podcast definitely needs to be with you. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> so before we dive into your story, I should introduce you to people that maybe this is their first time listening or they've been listening for a couple episodes and they're still like, wait, what? Who? Who's Sarah Whitaker? <laughs> so Sarah is our director of customer success in the PMP program, also in other programs. But you are really active in our Facebook group and in the free Facebook group as well. I'm sure people would recognize your name from there. Um, but then so just supporting the students and getting questions answered and, you know, helping me fill in for me on our coaching calls if I need it. Uh, so right right hand woman to me inside the podcast manager program. Yes, it's so much fun. I I love being a part of this community and just being able it's a, it's such a great and unique space honestly, I feel like I feel like the Facebook community is just incredible with how active it is and how supportive everybody is with each other. So, mm-hmm. I am very grateful to be a part of your community. Yeah, me too. I'm so glad that you're part of it. And as much as you know, you and I wanted it to be supportive and wanted it to be active. I don't know if you would agree, but it really is kind of out of your hands. Yeah, you, you can you can foster that type of community, but it's really the people inside that make it what it is. And so I'm sure you probably can relate like it's so it makes our job easy on, you know, managing the community that people are just naturally positive and supportive of one another. 
Yes, I couldn't agree more. I know. In Facebook groups, you run into so many issues, usually with people being negative or just crickets, nobody saying anything. Mm -hmm. And it's just Mm -hmm. the total opposite in PMP. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about your story. And I'm sure we'll we'll continue talking about how you work with me because that's part of your story. But we'll try to focus on you as a podcast manager, (laughs) since that's what our listeners want to hear about, I'm sure. But what got you first started interested in working online? Okay, so I was thinking, I'm like, goodness, it's it's funny with being working online, like a year feels like 10 years. Like mm-hmm. it feels so long ago when I first got started, but it really wasn't that long ago. So I am a, I, I was a classroom teacher, elementary school teacher. And in 2019, I left the classroom. We were in a really unique position where we had sold our our house and we were building a new home and it was taking much longer than it was supposed to be taking. So we moved into my parents' house and while our new house was being built. And so that was just the perfect time for me to figure out what I was going to do because I knew I wanted to work from home. I needed to work. We we didn't have the option of me um, to be a stay-at-home mom. I needed to be working. And my original plan was actually to start an at-home daycare because that's what I've done growing up is always working with children. And I honestly didn't think that there were any other options. And I was literally about to get started with that. And then I saw, I think it was a Facebook ad for like so many other people in PMP, Michaela Quinn's program teaches you how to start an online business. I had no idea what that was. I honestly thought it was a scam when I first saw it. (laughs) And I ended up, I actually think I was thinking back and before I, I kind of like watched her free masterclass, started digging in to like figure out what this online world was about, Mm -hmm. thought that I'd start as a virtual assistant, which I did. But I tried to kind of start on my own for a couple of weeks before I joined her program. And I actually landed my very first client. I landed in, I think it was Boss Moms, the Boss Moms Facebook group, which is this huge group now. And then I I think a few weeks later, I ended up joining Michaela's program because I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was supposed to be charging or anything like that. And I, yeah, I was like a general VA and got clients pretty quickly through the job board on Michaela's program. And I heard you on Michaela's podcast talking about podcast management, because I could tell really quickly that as a virtual assistant, you know, when you're working with a handful of clients, and you are doing so many different things in their business, it gets to be a very big like mental load Mm. when you're not focusing on like one particular skill or one particular thing. I felt like I was always just learning something new, which I love, but a lot of people will often view their VA as like the one-stop shop for everything in their business. Like their social media manager, this, that, and it was a lot. And I heard you and... I thought, wow, that sounds really cool. Podcast management. I loved podcasts. I was already a podcast listener, had no experience with like editing or anything like that. So I kind of had that in the back of my mind. And ultimately what ended up happening was a couple of my VA clients, like within a few weeks of each other, said they wanted to start a podcast. And I started looking at your program because I had heard that you had PMP And then this all just like kind of happened at once. Then you posted that you were looking for a virtual assistant and I applied and I had, I had reached out to you and said, Mm -hmm. right. 
I think I actually had asked you, like, I'll work for free for a few weeks or <laughs> I something. I don't remember what you said. But do you I do remember, remember this? Yeah, I definitely remember <laughs> us talking about yeah. about PMP in some variety. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then I looked for, was looking for a VA, my first VA. Yeah. And then you applied. And since we already had that connection. Yeah. It just warmed things up, right? Yes. It wasn't like, oh, I know her. I'm going to hire her or because I didn't know you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So we we just had a little bit more of a, a warm relationship already. So yeah, then I... Yes, that's what happened. I think I had reached out to you asking the same question that so many people have, which is like, what what programs do you need to edit and all of this? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at your program. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you had happened to post that and and we connected. And so, yeah, I became your virtual assistant and I've had a few different titles along the way. And I got to learn all about podcast management through you and went through your program myself at, so that I could learn the skills and then in turn be able to help all of the students in PMP. And over time, I continued working as a virtual assistant for a while while also doing podcast management. So I was like kind of doing both at the same time. And then I slowly transitioned out of virtual assistant work into podcast management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, let's skip ahead a minute and let us know what does your business look like right now? Because then we can kind of backtrack on the steps that you took to get there. Yeah. So, okay, right now, my business is called Podcasting for Educators. I work with online educators, lots of like TPT sellers, teachers, pay teachers, um, and I help them use their podcasting as a marketing tool for their business. And so I kind of have like two different sides of my business now. I have my services and I've really built like a small boutique agency is how I describe it. So I have a team who now helps me with editing show notes, all the details that that go into podcast management. Um, So we do launches and then our one-on-one retainer clients for monthly management. But then I also now have my own podcast and I have three digital courses as well at this point. So a lot has changed in just a few years. (laughs) Now, before I forget this question, I would love to know, now that you have been a podcast manager for years and you've really grown and evolved, I should say, what is your favorite thing that you're doing now as a podcast manager? Oh my gosh, good question. Okay, honestly, it would probably be a little bit of a tie between I have found I love because now that I'm not doing as much of the detailed stuff anymore, I love doing like strategy with clients, Mm. like sitting down and they're saying, you know, I have a launch in four months. How can I use my podcast to kind of warm up my audience before I launch my membership or my course? I really, really enjoy that. And then that's probably tied with I love the course side of things too. I love being able to see people get in there and and apply what they're learning and launching their podcasts on their own. That's really cool to see too. Yeah, that makes sense. I love it. Okay, that's where you are now. Now, let us know about your first client that you landed as a podcast manager. Do you remember how they how you found them? I okay, so I I was thinking I can't remember. I actually think my first podcast client was through Michaela's job board. And it was editing only. She had two episodes a week. 
Mm. And she had a huge, huge podcast, like <laughs> massive. And kind of intimidating. Was, yeah. Very <laughs> intimidating. Very intimidating. And uh, yeah, I did editing for her. She was my very first podcast client. And she would always call me her podcast producer. And <laughs> but I was just doing editing for her. Uh, but I learned, I mean, I learned so much. I was charging very little. That was definitely a mistake I made in the beginning that I'm not even gonna call it a mistake. I think that it was worth it because I learned so much and it gave me the confidence more than anything to then be able to go out and get other clients. Yeah, but she had two episodes a week and I did the editing. And then later I also, we added on show notes, but I worked with her for probably a year and a half, Mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. So now you work with educators, but who were you landing and attracting early on before you really niched into working with educators? Yeah, great question. I was with a little bit of everybody. I definitely, and I think so many of us when we first start, like, I think it is obviously if you have a very clear picture of who you want to work with, I think that's great. If you know that from the beginning, I definitely kind of like bounced all over the place a little bit. Like (laughs) one week, I'd say I want to work with parenting podcasters. And then the next week, it was somebody else. So I mean, I really did work with a little bit of everybody. Like my first client was a medium. (laughs) and I also had I worked with a therapist a mom blogger um, a life coach lots of coaches I would Mm -hmm. say is like would be the majority of who I was working with before I made that shift to education but definitely a little bit of everything (laughs) yeah yeah and I I mean I think that's a lot of people's case in the beginning and we hear a lot about like you know niche down niche down niche down and yes I mean, you are actually an amazing testament of that. Like, not only are you a podcast manager, which is niche, but also you have a very specific client that you attract. Now, do you find that people that are not educators, do they come to you? And and what do you say if that happens? Yes. So I occasionally do have that. I'll, I'll have people reach out and ask and I've honestly not really been taking on many, I haven't really been taking on new clients recently. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, I'm trying to think. It doesn't really happen as often anymore. It mm-hmm. really is mostly only educators that are approaching me. I do have one motherhood podcast that I still work with because I just, I love her content and I love her and um, I probably will work with her as long as she'll work with me. But everybody else is educators and Really, that's come from a lot of referrals. Yes, I want. I wanted to get into that. Of what do you think is the biggest benefit to your business that you work with? Not the same client, but a client. They're all educators, so they have something very big in common. What do you think is one of the some benefits of of doing that? Yeah. So number one, I'd say I think that. A, as the service provider, if you're working on content that you resonate with, that you have experience with, that you enjoy listening to, it's going to make such a huge difference. And from the client's perspective, like, especially in the teaching world, like it's a camaraderie. They they love the fact that I am a former teacher and I know what they're talking about. I think that that has really, really helped my business. And then 
they are like the TPT world is definitely, and I'm sure it's like this with so many other niches too, they are friends. They have their own little clicks in this online space. And so most of my business really has been through referrals. It's mm-hmm. really just kind of like been this domino effect. So that, I mean, that's been, I've been so grateful in that sense because that's made a huge impact in my business. Yeah. Yeah. What encouraged you to go all in on educators? Great question. Okay. I was hesitant about this. Um, so I, like I said, I, ha- I was working with a lot of different people. And then I connected with a TPT seller and I launched her podcast. And at the time, and really this is still the case, but especially a few years ago, there were very few podcasts that were active in the education space, like podcasts that were created for teachers or school counselors or speech pathologists. And when I launched her podcast and we began working together and she began referring me to her friends, Mm. I really saw like what a great place this was to be because there was so much room for growth and because they really were my ideal person to work with because they had such established businesses already. They had places to be driving their listeners. They had email lists, like they had all of that set up already. Whereas some of the people that I worked with in the beginning were, you know, almost hoping that like their podcast would somehow build their business for them when really like, you know, you know, (laughs) when really you want your podcast to be working like alongside your business as as a marketing tool for it. But if you don't have all this other stuff set up, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be frustrating. It's just like launching anything. Yeah. It's like launching an Instagram account. It's like just because you launch it doesn't mean that it's going to go anywhere. Like you have to have like some some pieces to it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for for a lot of reasons, you just kind of once working with that one person, you're like, wow, wait, this is really the spot that I need to be in. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, it was it's I think it's always scary to niche down like that, because like I started from scratch, I started a brand new website, a brand new Instagram account from ground zero, because Mm -hmm. I I really my thought was like, okay, if I'm going to do this and niche down into this space, like I want to go all in, my name is going to make it very clear who I work with. My Instagram content is going to be specifically for this group of people. And I mean, ultimately, for sure, it paid off, but it was definitely a little bit scary at the time. It also, I I don't want to say this like to sound bad in any way, but there were definitely, you know, some people that I had been doing podcast management for since the early days. And you knew you, they were just those people that were never going to accept those higher prices. And you knew that it was kind of like time to part ways. And that gave me a really clear way to say, Hey, like I'm going off in this direction. Mm -hmm it's time for us to kind of part Part ways. ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it was like kind of a rebirth of your business, which, you know, we can, I think that really speaks to just the nature of the business in that, you know, you want to have a vision for the future, right? But it's okay if that vision is blurry, but you know what you're kind of headed towards. But then once you get there, you might look around and say, okay, now I have a new vision for 
a year out. And so then you make those tweaks. Like you said, yes. you knew that you needed to shed a couple of clients, which is so natural. And you were going to go off in this new direction. So you could, you could kind of reinvent and level up. Yeah. And I mean, I just think that's what's so cool about this space. I, I know when I first started, my thought was like, I am so more than happy to just be behind the scenes. Like I don't, I have no desire to ever, like, I remember one of my clients telling me in the beginning, you should launch an online course to teach people how to launch their podcast. And I'm like, absolutely not. I have no desire to do that. But then, you, you know, your business evolves over the years and your goals change and your direction changes. And so I think it's important to just always be open to that and also give yourself some grace if things don't seem like they're lining up perfectly all the time. Like, something is better ahead. Yes. Hey, before we continue with this episode, I wanted to ask you something. If there was a way that you could make $5,000 per month as a podcast manager without taking on a million clients, is that something that you'd be interested in? If so, I have great news for you. We have a brand new masterclass that teaches you how you can make $5,000 per month as a podcast manager without taking on a million clients. In this class, we are covering the skills and the systems that every podcast manager needs to know to land high paying clients so that you can make $5,000 per month and beyond. You'll also learn the mistakes that I was making and I see podcast managers continue to make that keep them from profit. So if you are nodding your head, yes, tell me more, Lauren, then go to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass to get a seat in the masterclass this week. You can find that link in the show notes. I'll see you there. Let's talk about that. So there's hills and there's valleys in launching your business and growing your business. Can you share what you do when you are in a valley? And maybe that's a a literal valley. Okay, not literal, because that would be like you in a outside in a valley. But like your business factually is not doing great. But sometimes also it's mental, right? Mm -hmm. So either way, either one, what do you do to continue on when you are at a low spot? So number one, and I know that this might be easier said than done, but I honestly, like don't allow myself to go into that negative headspace of like, oh my gosh, my business is crashing and burning. Like I, I've had clients say, hey, we're bringing editing in-house. It just makes more sense for us financially. And, you know, when things like that happen, your automatic response is like, oh my gosh, it's me. I'm not doing a good job. What if five other clients tell me that they're dropping me and then my business is gone and and I failed? Like, what am I going to do? So in those cases, I, I always like allow myself to have a little bit of breathing room, like get myself literally like out of the house, go for a walk, remove myself from work for a little bit. But also, I mean, I truly don't allow myself to ever go down that rabbit hole of my business is going to burn to the ground. And I know yeah. that that might not be helpful, but I do think that just always kind of trying to stay in that positive mindset and really looking back to where I've come from and how much growth I have made over the years, because 
it's so easy to get on Instagram and see all the things that people are doing and feel like you are nowhere near where they are. I feel that way. I'm sure you've felt that like all of us have felt that way. But only comparing myself to myself, like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is where I am today. Where was I last year, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, and really looking at that big picture. And every time that there's been any kind of dip or, or feeling like things aren't working out the way that they're supposed to, there's always something like just around the corner that, yeah, that is good. And that's going to change things for the better. So yeah, just, I mean, I don't know if that's helpful or not. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it sounds like to me that you have you have just the, an abundance mindset knowing that you've got faith in the future. Yeah. So do you think that that you mentioned like looking back on what you have accomplished, which I love that. Do you find do you think that like the your faith, your belief that things are going to turn around? Do you think that that is a belief in yourself? Do you think that that is because you do see other people thriving? Like if maybe if you had a moment of scarcity, where would you go to remind yourself of like more of your natural belief that things are going to work out? Yeah, I mean, I do. I do think I try to have an abundant mindset. And I think I honestly learned a lot of this from you of like, I mean, truly, whenever because, you know, sometimes we'll have people who have come on coaching calls or come into the groups just starting out, or maybe it's taking longer than they hoped to get that first client. But you have always said like, there are more than enough clients out there for all of us Mm -hmm. and the right clients for all of us. Um, It's just a matter of like sticking in there and sticking it out and, and continuing to do what you're doing. And there's always going to be different ways that you can build your business and more clients that you can bring on. And I've just found that to be so true. And that's something that I constantly remind myself of. Like, Mm -hmm. if something's not working out with a client or we part ways, there's always going to be somebody else or some other way to make up that income. Yeah. And I think sometimes like with a lot of beliefs, it's like you plant the belief in your head. But then you also when you plant it, you're also telling your brain to look for evidence. Mm -hmm. And you start looking for evidence and you find it. If you were to put a belief in your head that wasn't true, you'd look for evidence and you wouldn't find it anywhere, Mm -hmm. right? And yet when you do find evidence, it kind of just solidifies it. Like, oh, I was right that I that I will find more clients. I was right that when I leave someone who's not a good fit, I'm going to find someone who's a better fit because you then land that client. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And it's just a great reminder that we can tap back into that and remind ourselves and also, you know, go to our networking friends or our community and, and just even like, you know, even if you don't want to post and say, Hey, I'm, you know, I really need to land a client this month or whatever it is being vulnerable, just looking around and being in that community and just being like, okay, cool. I'm just going to sit here. It's like going to a lunch table where everyone's like excited and you're like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to hang out around this energy. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And that's going to do the trick. Yes. I'm so glad that you brought that up because the Facebook group in PMP is so inspirational and motivational. Seeing people in there sharing their wins, brainstorming with each other, like giving each other advice. 
that's helped me as well. And I've definitely made friendships from people in the group. And I that has definitely played a huge role, like being able to have those conversations through Voxer or through a voice message on Instagram with other podcast managers or other service providers in, you know, that have different skills, like copywriters, website designers, whatever, but being able to find those connections with other people in this space that you can always go to and talk to and just be like, oh, you feel the same way that I do. You're having a bad week like I am. Like, it's just so validating and so encouraging to know that you're not the only one going through these things or having these feelings as a business owner, because it can be lonely working from home when you own your own business. Like it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even if you, you know, you're talking to clients or you're talking to to people, if you're not talking about your own business, then it can feel like, oh, you get off a client call or, or whatnot. And you're like, okay, here I am wearing all the hats, even yeah. when you don't wear all the hats, right? Even when you're only simply wearing the CEO hat, let's say it's, yeah, you're, you're very, you can be siloed. So you, you know, and especially depending on what your personality is like, you know, maybe you're, you thrive with that because you're an introvert. Well, introverts still enjoy <laughs> other yeah. people, right? So, or maybe you're an extrovert. And so you've really got to look outside and, you know, and, and network with people and keep your energy up. It's possible as an online business owner, but it's, you definitely have to be intentional about it. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Now, you mentioned in the beginning of your story that you knew you wanted to work up, work at home. So let's backtrack a little bit to that because I would love to know maybe something that you've been able to do in your personal or professional life because of your podcast management business? Oh my gosh. Yes. Honestly, I it's the little things for me during mm. the day. Like, especially as a teacher, I know that there's going to be teachers who are listening to this. You don't even have time to go to the bathroom when you're a teacher at school, like truly. So being able to have the flexibility in every single day to say, I'm going to go do a workout at noon today. And tomorrow I'm going to do it at 8am because I can flex my schedule like that. Or I'm going to go to the grocery store. And every time I go run any kind of errand during the day, I remind myself like, this is amazing. I can't believe I get to do this. Not only do I get to work from home, but I get to go and do whatever I need to do at any time that I want to. Like, I have control over my schedule. I get to choose when I get on calls with clients and when I want to do work. If I need to do it at night, I can do it at night or in the morning. I go in on Fridays now and volunteer at Adeline School for reading groups. And like, that's amazing. I get to go and see her in her classroom. I wouldn't have been able to do that before. So I am... I mean, it's something I think about on the daily, just having this flexibility because of podcast management. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remind yourself so that you don't forget or does it because that's kind of the spot I'm in now is I've gotten so used to it that I want to remind myself like this is a blessing. This is not like just something that would have happened without effort. Right. Yeah. And so do you do you purposely remind yourself or do you just find that it just it just pops in your head and you you feel that little bit of gratitude? I purposely remind myself because especially, I mean, there are days when I'm like, what am I doing? 
I'm burning my business to the ground. And then, <laughs> and then I go to the grocery store at noon and say, no, I'm not. This is amazing. I might need to tweak something here or there or change the way that I'm doing something, but I have options and I don't think I could ever go back to not having this kind of flexibility. Right. Because we have the ability to tweak something. Mm -hmm. You might set yourself up doing something that just is not working, right? Like you're you're doing too many calls or you're whatever it is. But then you can have that moment of, wait, this this does not feel right. I can tweak it. Right. Versus getting into a job or maybe even being in a job that you like and then the job changes. Right. Without you having any say. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm doing something I don't want to do anymore. And I don't have any control over it besides looking for another job. So, you know, things are not always amazing as a business owner, but you have that control, which is really just something that you can't really explain how great that feels. Oh my gosh, yes. And that's something I've been, that's really been like at the forefront of my mind lately because one of my actual, actually like personal downfalls is, and I'm sure to an extent, all of us struggle with this as entrepreneurs, but I have a lot of ideas. And when I get an idea, I feel like I have to do it now, which is why I have three digital courses because (laughs) I like to just take action and do it. But then it's like, whoa, I have a lot going on and I'm stressed. Why am I stressed? I did this to myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like really, that's something I've been thinking a lot about lately. And even little things like if you want to change when you make yourself available for calls, you can do that. I think we forget that we are in that driver's seat. And if you've taken on too much, you can scale back. Or if you're at a season where maybe your kids are have started school and you can take on a little bit more, like really thinking about the season that you're in and being able to adjust accordingly. Yeah, so true. Now, I would love to know where you see yourself going as a business owner in the next six months-ish. So like I just said, I I feel like the last few years have been a whirlwind, which has been, I mean, amazing that I've been able to like take everything I learned in PMP and apply it and build this business. But my next goals for the next six months is to slow down a little bit and be content where I am, especially as we approach summer Every year since I've started my business, I've told myself I'm going to slow down during summer and I haven't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this year is the year like I'm we're recording this in the last couple last days of March and I have a launch next month and then I'm not taking on any launches for summertime so that I really can have that time with my family. That's why I started this business in the first place and really just like enjoy what I have, enjoy the clients that I'm working with and leverage like the content that I've already created. I don't need to create anything new in this season and really just like enjoy what this business has brought into my life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that really sharpens other skills because it's like, you know, you've sharpened the skill of, you know, idea to creation and launching something and being in that energy but like then to then 
just stay in one spot and fine tune things. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like enjoy what you've created. That will also sharpen skills for you. And I'm excited to hear we'll have to We'll obviously have you on since this is this is your fourth episode already. <laughs> yes, every six months. But, right, you'll be on again. We'll have to get an update on like what that has felt like because yeah, I'm sure a lot of us listening can relate to like just that. I don't want to call it hustle. It's just that forward motion. I mean, that's yeah. one of the reasons that we're here as entrepreneurs is that we are good at getting ourselves to get things done. Yes, um, we we see that we're in the driver's seat and we can create change in our lives. But what about enjoying that, especially when it's built and you have put in the hard work? So I'm really excited for you to have an amazing summer with your family and reap some of the benefits of your business that maybe you haven't enjoyed quite yet. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm holding myself accountable by not signing Adeline up for at least not any like crazy big camps. And I'm just going to be shifting my schedule and it's going to work and it's it's going to be great. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, Sarah, it was so good to have you on to talk about specifically about your story. And I just I learned something from you every single time we talk. I love having you on the show, but I also love working with you and talking to you on a regular basis as we do. So thank you so much for everything that you have given to me and that you give to our listeners. I'm so glad that you were here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Lauren. I honestly, like not even to be dramatic, I owe everything to you and to your program. You've created the most amazing community for podcast managers, for freelancers. And I am just so, so thankful. Thank you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.